Amen. Please turn in your Bible to Acts chapter 17. While you're turning, I'd like to ask you a question. How many of you have ever been walking around and found something really cool on the ground? All right. What did you guys find? You found money. That's really cool. All right. Jewelry. Arrowheads. Yeah, I found those two. That's one of mine. Anybody else found something really cool on the ground? I'm sorry? Shells. Yeah, shells. Yeah, we've always looked for shells too. Finding one that's complete and whole and big. That's fun. Anybody ever find any fossils lying around on the ground? I found some fossils. That's fun. It's fun when you're discovering things. When you're walking around, you go, oh, man, I really found this really cool thing. We found when Terry and I decided we had not been to the back corner of our property. And so we took two hours one day and we walked to the back. And when we were coming back, we found an island that we didn't know we had that was on the property. So it's really kind of a cool thing. So... Yeah, it's when you get out there and you look around and you discover things, it's really uh, <clears throat> this cool thing. Today, what we're about to discover is the life that God has given you. You know, we talk about exchange life and we talk about the life that Jesus is our life and we talk about all these things and we don't ever really discover what that is. We're so busy uh, doing life and going through each and every day that we don't have time to sit around and contemplate the things of God until God interrupts us and says, you must contemplate the things of God. And he'll, he'll find a way of doing that. Um, and so we're going to begin in uh, Acts chapter 17 and verse 28, which says this, for in him we live and move and exist. As even some of your own poets have said, for we also are his children. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. <clears throat> Father, as we travel through these verses today, I pray that you will speak to us. Father, I pray that we will understand who we truly are in you. And that, Father, if there's things that we've believed about ourselves that are not true, I ask that you'll speak to us about that. And so we thank you. We thank you that you keep us on the straight and narrow. You reveal yourself to us. We hear your voice and we can walk after you. I ask you to speak to our hearts today about each one of us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So this morning, we're going to continue our series in the Exchange Life by discovering our life in Christ, or what that is. As we look at Christ as our life, we're going to look at our freedom from sin and recognizing the new you. <clears throat> and it's as we traveled last week, or the last time we were in this series, we've had a couple things that have come up that we've um, deviated from our study. But we realized that our old man, our sin nature, our former life of sin is dead. It's no more. It doesn't have life. 
It doesn't have the opportunity to lead us anymore. It doesn't have the opportunity to uh, direct our behavior. And our natural response to that is that can't be true because I still have desires to sin. There's things that still drive me to make me want to sin. There are some sins that I enjoy. Now, we as faith, uh, faith walking people would don't ever want to admit that out loud, but that the fact is it's true. And there's things we're comfortable with. You know, that's a terrible sin for somebody else. But for me, eh, it's okay. I got it under control. And so we go, well, then how can it be dead if I still have these desires or I'm still tempted or still drawn? And we know that, we discover that through Romans 5, chapter 5 through 8, that that's our flesh that's being appealed to by the enemy, not our old man. Our old man is dead and gone. That's what uh, Galatians 2.20 talks about. And so, but Jesus said, but we've read several times that our life is hidden with Christ and God, and we're probably going to read some of that today. And so what does that mean? We've all heard that and we go, oh, okay, oh, okay, well, thanks. And it doesn't transform how we live every day. And so we have to understand that Christ is our life. When we think about our life many times, images of our family, what we do, what we want to do when we retire, and the things we enjoy come to mind. That's our, the picture of our family, where we live what we're doing, where we're headed, what goals we have. We think of that as life. But I would propose that our life is not found in those things. I would propose that it's found in the relationship we share with Christ and what comes forth when we engage Him. See, it's not what we do for God. We have been taught that. Our, I mean, I had, that had been drilled into me. It's what you do for God. It's not what you do for God. How many of you think God needs you to do something for Him <laughs> that He can't do for Himself? It's what He does through you because you make yourself available. It's the work He does when you're standing talking to a friend and they make a comment and it catches your ear. You ever had that? They'll make a spiritual comment. It's just kind of in the middle of the conversation somewhere. And you don't dismiss it, but you engage it. That's the work of Christ through you. That's the life. And when that happens and, and things begin to open up and you begin to see where God had been working in their life as you engage those things, then there's something inside of you that becomes full. And it's part of the joy of walking in the grace in which we've been given. And so we're going to look at verses that talk about Christ as our life. We're going to start with Acts 17, the one we just read. It's, it tells us this, in Him we live, move, and exist. The interesting part of that is, there is no separation from Him. You know, we've, I, I used to, <laughs> I think this is a funny question. Uh, people used to ask, you know, would you change what's on TV if Jesus was sitting there with you? Or would you change a comment you would make if Jesus was with you? Or would you drive differently if Jesus was sitting next to you? And the truth is, He is there with you. 
He is there with you. But we don't have a God consciousness to think that we're in this with him. There is no separation in what we do. We live and move and have existence in him. You cannot be separated from him. And, we, and some of us are going, oh man, how come I've got no free space here? <laughs> but we should be encouraged by that, knowing that there's never going to be a separation between us and the Almighty. That he's in us and we're in him and there's no separation. And we're safe. And so even our very existence is found in him. We think we kind of have that and can choose to walk with him or can choose to, to participate. And, choose, and when we engage him, then we're with him. No, you're with him all the time. That's how much he loves you. How many of you have ever, um, in, <clears throat> in spite of what your parents told you, have seen a stray animal, a dog or cat, reached down and petted them and kept going on your walk and had them follow you. Has that ever happened to anybody but me? My parents are traveling today so I can tell all these stories today. <laughs> and it's because of love that causes that. It's just a natural response. And because he loves you, He's never going to leave you. He's never going to leave you. Our very existence is found in him. If it wasn't for him, my heart wouldn't even be beating. Colossians 3, 4 says this. When Christ, who is our life, not in whom our life is found, when Christ, who is our life is revealed then you will be revealed with him in glory well that's just talking about the day when we show up in heaven and, and Christ is revealed and we're there with him and he's our life and we're all there together and we're, we, we're singing kumbaya um, and we're so glad that Jesus knows that song I think there's more to this. <laughs> I think there's more to this. You know, <laughs> all right. We have been sold salvation as a destination. What's the questions that people ask? Do you know if you were to die today, you'd go to heaven, right? We've all said that. I want you to know something. Salvation is so much more than destination. Salvation is a person who gave his life for you. Amen. And discovering your life in him. If he, who is perfect, God himself, who can't sin, actually became sin, which the scripture says, he became something he could not do for us. When it tells us that he makes us the righteousness of God, you are actually righteous now. Not based on your behavior. He didn't become a sinner because he sinned. He did it to take our place. 
so that we could find our place in Him. That's how it works. And so when it talks about Jesus Christ as our life, we have no real life when we try to live something apart from Him. And so as He is revealed, we are revealed. So as we walk with Him and He's expressed in and through us and the world sees Christ, that is our life. And in those moments that you engage Him and participate with Him and get out of the way and let Him be who He is or let Him fill you and make you who He created you to be, our life is that as Jesus is revealed, so our life is revealed. That's life, folks. When you have the opportunity to not just share the gospel, but to maybe just walk in and weep with someone who's crying. When people are hurting to the point of tears, there's something spiritual going on, folks. You ever been there and felt alone when the tears were streaming? Welcome, welcome. Let's put an end to that this morning. We're in this together. We're not alone anymore. It ain't just you. We are so linked to Jesus Christ that we cannot know or really understand ourselves apart from him. It's not possible. Reveal him and get to know yourself. That's who we're made to be. I'm going to tell you who we're not made to be. We're not made to be this person who protects themselves. Who puts themselves in a box so we don't get hurt again. That hides. I used to talk about church faces and Andre made me a little thing with a plate and a popsicle stick where I could turn it around with a little smile. I need to, I need to bring that, Andrea. That was a while back. We put on our little church face and we go, oh, I'm fine, you're fine. And the truth is, sometimes we're not fine, right? You ever go to church anyway when you're not fine? Okay, come on, let's get, let's get to the real stuff, ladies and gentlemen. We don't come in here to play games. If you want to play games, we'll get out Parcheesi later. This is the real stuff because time is of the essence. There is people out there who are hurting and need to know that God loves them. And the answer is Jesus Christ and you carry him. You are in him and he is in you. And we can go to one extreme and say, well, God will reach them because God can reach anybody. If they're going to be saved, they're going to be saved anyway. We're going to go to the Calvinistic view and deny our responsibility for Scripture. You can go to the other extreme and say, it's all up to me. I have to go win them. We've got, we got to reach them. It's all up to us. We've got to make it happen. We cannot save anybody. If anybody thinks they're saved because of you or me, they're lost. 
Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, speaks and reveals himself to people. Spiritual things are understood spiritually by the hand of the Almighty God. And when we are there and we get it, and he reveals those nuggets that are going by, because they're going to go by you every day, and we engage them, then our life is beginning to be expressed. As he is revealed, our life is revealed. And so Colossians 3, 4 tells us that. Philippians 1, 21 and 22. I used to claim this is my life verse. It's interesting, though, as you begin to dive down into how deep it is, you better be willing to pay the price. <laughs> Philippians 1, 21 and 22. For to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. But if I am to live on in the flesh, this will mean fruitful labor for me, and I do not know which to choose. The interesting part of this verse I want you to watch something. He says, for me to live is Christ, to die is gain. He is doing the same thing in both parts of that phrase. He's either dying to this life and going to be with him, or dying to himself and letting Christ's life come through. And there's death in both of those. You cannot separate them. Christ is never revealed when it's about us. It's about him. Can you imagine for just a moment who Paul would have been apart from Christ? Can you imagine him trying to do stuff to make God happy? Don't we see in scripture that Paul was led by Christ? Paul was confronted by Christ. He's walking against him. And instead of keep kicking against the goads, he surrendered. That's the beginning. Surrender. And then as he surrendered, God led him. God prevented him. He was told that he, he would uh, speak before Caesar. So he appeals to Caesar because God led him to that. That led him to that final fourth journey that he was on. He was led in that same leading that led Paul in the journeys he was on is available to you. You say, well, I'm not that good. I'm not good like Paul. I'm fantastic. Because when God does it through you, then he'll get all the glory. I'm glad you're starting there. I'm with you. Why would God call somebody to speak who used to get afraid of speaking? And nauseated. I can't ever do that. Can you imagine that? I used to be nauseous. And he used to live the fulfillment of that. <laughs> well, God can't. I, I listen to this all the time. Well, God can't use me because I'm just not really good at that. I just, you know, same answer. Really? Really? If God wants to use you to flap your arms and fly to the moon, he'll make you able. He'll make you able. And you know what he'll do? 
this is the fun part. He will strip out all of you that you have confidence in so that you know what it is to mount up on wings like eagles. Because when you do, when you get to see what he is capable of, he doesn't want you taking any credit. And he doesn't want you ruining what he's trying to do. Because if I have the potential to ruin it, well, I'll do it. I'm good at that. There's a cake in the oven. I'll open the door. That's been when cakes used to rise in the oven. Back in the day. That's when we used lard. And we rode around in, in the car with no seat belts in the back. How did we even survive? We used to chew on lead paint on the windowsill. <laughs> I mean, right? It's all this stuff we're so afraid today. That we don't get out there and live. I'd rather... You know what? Somebody said, that'll take a year off your life. I said, that's okay. It's the last year. <laughs> that's terrible. No, <laughs> Christ was Paul's life. And so looking to find our, our life apart from Christ is a futile exercise. We all try to do it, though. I don't know why we do, but we do. We do. See, folks... The things, your real life is Him expressed through you. And us coming to the end of ourselves and surrendering. And really, you know what? How many of you have discovered that life ain't fair? If life was fair, I'd be better looking. <laughs> At least Terry didn't say amen. <laughs> Out loud. <laughs> Did you see that bus coming? <laughs> Right? Life's not fair. We get thrown curveballs, things that don't make sense. Somebody out of nowhere will make fun of us when we're in school. If you've been to school at all, you know kids pick on one another. It makes no sense to me, but they do. They say hurtful things. And the truth is, some of us are still carrying things that some kids said to us when we were in school. Terrible. Say no to that. Don't let the enemy define you. Let God define you. It's time to walk away. Christ is our life. But you know something? Buckle up. You, ladies and gentlemen, are free from sin. You're free from it. Now. <laughs> well, pastor, we're still going to sin because we're in this world. We're still going to do things that are wrong. Don't raise your hand. Anybody have that thought? We speak it like it's a foregone conclusion. Jesus said, how much of your sin was forgiven on the cross? All of it. How much of it is removed from you as far as the east is from the west? All of it. So why are we still trying to deal with something Jesus already dealt with? Because we believe the lie. We believe the lie that we're a sinner saved by grace. I'm just a sinner. You know what? 
I was just a sinner, now I'm a saint. I was ungodly, now I'm righteous. Not because of what I did. I didn't earn salvation. I didn't make it happen. God did that. Do I deserve it? No. No. But thank God that's what grace is all about. That's what grace is all about. We are free from sin. See, here's what sin wants to do. Ooh, this is good. Get ready. Sin wants to institutionalize us. You're like, what? Good, I'm glad you had that question because I'm ready to answer it. It wants us to think it controls us. Well, I have to give in. I have to do that to certain things. How many of you ever saw the movie Shawshank Redemption? If not, just turn on your TV. It's on the... Nobody... Anybody? Come on, so I know who I'm talking to. Okay. Most of us, if not all of us. You remember Brooks? The old guy that would deliver magazines? And he got out and he, had some, he did something tragic after he got out. Because he couldn't cope on the outside. And then Red was facing the same thing when he got out. He couldn't, even, he couldn't even function in a job because he was so used to people telling him when to sleep, when to eat, when to go to the bathroom, when to do this. That he was so, his mind was so trained in that he didn't realize the freedom he actually had. And that's what sin wants to do to us. Sin wants to tell you that you have to do this. Sin wants to tell you that you love it. Sin wants to tell you that this is the only way to happiness. And sin wants to tell you this isn't affecting or hurting anybody else but you. It wants to institutionalize us. But I got, I got news for you. Jesus busted us out. <laughs> he busted us out. We're gone. We don't do that anymore. That's not who we are. See, if it's who I am, if I'm a cat, I meow. But if I'm not a cat and I meow, then you think I'm crazy and you put me somewhere, you put me away somewhere, right? When we act in ways that are not in line with who we are. I want you to know this. Sin, if you're saved, is acting in ways that's not who you are anymore. But our mind believes it is. That's the problem. We believe the lie. See, if I'm ever going to free you or let you have the opportunity for freedom, I can't free you. <laughs> Jesus said, I've set you free, you're free indeed. He did it. If you're ever going to catch it and really move beyond that, we have to receive what he did. And we have to say no to that lie. Colossians 2.11 says this. And in him you were all circumcised with a circumcision made without hands and the removal of the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. Okay. Circumcision. What was circumcision? It was, the effect of it was to mark out Israel as God's people. That was the effect, but what was it? It was actually a cutting away of skin, right? And it was actually removed and thrown away. And what happened to that skin? It died. It died. 
So when you read circumcision, you, read, you have to understand the actual removal of something. Yet we think it's still there. We just think that he cut the power. You ever thought that before? Well, he set me free by cutting the power. Now I get to choose. I can choose whether I sin or not. No, you can't. That's not a choice that we should even contemplate. If we're brand new in Christ, why would we even want to participate? Why would you want to engage that? Our separation from our flesh in this verse is likened to circumcision. So here's the deal. We know the old man is gone. That's likened to circumcision somewhere else. But we say, well, I really still struggle with the flesh. And even Paul talks about that. But this tears that apart. Because our flesh has no control over it, us anymore. We have authority over it. I know that's troubling to us, isn't it? Because our flesh screams, more, eat more, eat a third helping. We don't ever talk about the sin of gluttony, do we? Especially not on a potluck day in a Baptist church. <laughs> That's horrible. Why don't we talk about that? What are we trying to find? You know what? I'm going to talk about it. I didn't have any plans on this. What am I trying to find there that I'm not getting from him? Mm, makes me feel good. It makes my flesh feel good when I eat it. We can, talk, we can name our best and most favorite restaurants. Do we eat for fuel? Or do we eat for other reasons? Why do we find, try to find life apart from Him? That's a great example. Well, it's comfort. We have comfort for, we've even named it. We even named it and we're proud of Well, I'm going to have my comfort food today. We're having hot dog or whatever yours is. I used to go, when we lived in Georgia, we'd go down to the, the restaurant and they, they actually had comfort food. They was named comfort foods. And since I didn't grow up with that, it was not comforting to me. <laughs> it was different. First Corinthians, watch how this watch how this breaks out. First Corinthians six verses nine through eleven. Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulteresses, nor effeminate, nor homosexuals, nor thieves, nor the covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. Such were some of you. But you were washed, but you were sanctified, but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and in the spirit of our God. He changes us from who we were. We are not who we were. We are not who we were. Ladies and gentlemen, we are not the sinner that needed Jesus Christ. We are a brand new creation in Christ and we need to figure out what that is. 
It's not Jesus added to our life. It's Jesus transformed our life. Oh, that's great. Okay, thanks. Whoop, good, I got it. Got my ticket. When the train comes for me, I'm ready now. Listen, folks. Salvation is experienced each and every single day because it's about a relationship. You get the opportunity to walk with the one who went to the cross for you. Why would we take that casually? Well, they, you know, if I could have just walked visibly with him and I would have seen it and understood it, wait a minute. The people who walked visibly with him crucified him. You, we wouldn't be any different. It's by faith that these things are understood. We're not what God, listen, God did a work in you. Romans 6, 7 says this. For he who has died is freed from sin. When you come into a relationship to, with Christ, you die to yourself and receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You are free from sin. We haven't done this in a little while. Can, do you have the ability as a Christian to walk in the Spirit? Yes or no? It's not a trick question. We're commanded to walk in the Spirit, right, folks? When I'm actually walking in the Spirit, since I have that option... Can I sin and walk in the Spirit at the same time? So if I have the option to walk in the Spirit, the only way I can sin is to not do that. And I've got this option here. Jesus, now here's where the verse does apply. Jesus said that no temptation has taken you except that which I've made a way of escape. The way of escape is walking in the Spirit. So as we walk in the Spirit and we have the option every day, we no longer have to sin. Some of you think I've lost my mind. That's okay. I'd rather lose all reasoning and believe God's word 100%. If God says it, it's true, whether it makes sense to me or not. You know, there was years ago, there was these, these bumper stickers that went around. Well, God is my co-pilot. I thought, how terrible. God is my pilot. I am a passenger and if he asks me to hold the stick for a minute, I will. He's my co-pilot where I'm in charge and he's riding along. This is the journey he laid out. I'm riding along with him. You really are free from sin. It's no longer a part of you. You know, let me ask you this question. If this is true... How much of our life have we been living a lie? And the, the good news is it is true. It is true. Well, as we talk about Christ, who is our life, we finished that. We talked about you are free from sin. We have to begin to recognize the new you. Where's all my Greek folks? We're going to do a little bit of Greek this morning. Sometimes, after a makeover, we don't recognize ourselves. Anybody ever go and... How many of you have ever had a radical hair change? And you go, I just don't know how sure how I feel about it. 
You ever had that? Mostly it's ladies. Guys, it's kind of the same. Whatever our dads gave us when we were kids until some point. I think guys have like two hair changes in their life. Three. Whatever their, their dad said to when they're a young man till when it falls out. <laughs> and actually, men don't lose their hair. It just grows out of different locations like their ears and their nose. It just, that's part of life. But we just go, man, I just don't know. I don't know about that. And I think that's part of what's happening in our spiritual walk. When God changes, we're like, man, I just don't know about that. That's so new to me. That's so different. And so we hold reservation. We hold judgment on it and don't engage what it really is because we've grown comfortable with the things of the world. Romans 6, 11 says this, Even so, consider yourselves to be dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. We've all heard that verse. Well, let me just consider it so. Let me just consider, let me just think about that. Or let me just say it is. You know what the Greek word here for consider is? It's logizumai. And it means to calculate or compute. And so when he says consider, think about it like this. I know not everybody does this, so if you don't do it, pretend you do it. For the sake of this illustration. When you reconcile your checkbook to your action, to the bank statement, what you're doing is you're figuring out what actually happened, right? With your money. Where do we actually stand? What is cleared? What hasn't cleared? What's still sitting out there? Where do I actually stand? Am I showing something that's different? The word consider here is the same thing. It's to do the math. So sit down and find out what actually happened to deal with the facts. So when he says, even so consider, let's put the definition there. Even so, realize the facts for yourself that you're dead to sin but alive to God. Do the word, understand that this is what happened. Don't just, well, I'll consider it. Will you go out with me? Well, I'll consider it. That's not what he's talking about. Realize it. Acknowledge the facts. Consider yourself dead to sin and alive to God. Listen, either we, either we believe Jesus actually did what he said or what are we doing here? Right? I don't want to play church. I don't want to play games. I don't want to play religion. I don't, actually, I want nothing to do with religion. I want something to do with Jesus who gave it up for me. Religion doesn't, it hadn't given its life for me. If I could sit down with just a moment with Jesus Christ and have a conversation with him about why he died for me and what his purpose is for me, don't you think that would change my life? We have access now to do that. 
but we're comfortable mixing the world in. Our final verse today, 1 Timothy 1.12. I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who has strengthened me because he considered me faithful, putting me into service. Ladies and gentlemen, he has put you into service. Well, I'm just a kid. I'm only in elementary school. I don't have no money. I can't do anything. Listen, boys and girls, if you're a Christian, if you put your faith in Christ, you have a mission. You have a ministry. I know a young man who was traveling doing mission trips at age nine. So don't let anybody tell you you're too young. You are not the church of tomorrow. You are the church of today. And there's a place for service for you here. If you have an idea and you think it's crazy, I want to hear it. Jesus said, forbid not the little children to come unto me. And I'll tell you this, God will speak to you. And if you think you've got an idea and a way to serve him, let's go, boys and girls. Teenagers, you too. Well, we're trying to figure this thing out. I don't know what I want to do with the rest of my life. I remember that, that challenge. You know what? You know, I started in college. I started as an engineer. God had other plans. That was some rough classes when God ain't in it. You can actually, I need to, well, maybe I won't do that. You can look on my transcript and see the great change of where I surrendered to the Lord. You can actually see the change in the letters. It's crazy. It's, I mean, you could draw a line in it. Well, I begin to do what God had called me to do. That's the cool thing when we get on board with him. So he's put us in the ministry, the new, real you. See, the enemy would like to, to, to only see the old you to keep the new you from being to discover, from discovering who you are and participating in all God planned for you. That's a tongue twister. Let me read that again. Let me just read the words. The enemy would like you to only see the old you Keep the new you from discovering who you are and participating in all God planned for you. It's true. And I'll tell you this. I like the new me better than the old me. I'm not even sure I really know the whole new me yet. Because I think there's probably some lies I've been holding. God's been strict. You know what? I am never allowed to preach anything that God don't hit me on the head with. In the last week, I've had two people speak into my life that God used to deal with things that weren't true. Things that were keeping me from doing what God had called me to do. Thank God for people, real friends like that. Amen. I'll say it. That's what it's about, folks. We're in this together. We link arms. When Mark trips, you pick him up. You know, he shouldn't have tripped. He's a pastor. He didn't. don't mean nothing. Other than I've been obedient to what God. If God asks you to be a pastor, I will step aside. I promise. 
I do not hold this. This I'm here as long as God has me here. This is not about me. It's about Jesus Christ who died and gave his life for me. And if this is how he wants to use me, I'm okay with that. If he wants me to hand out bulletins at the door, I'm okay with that. If he wants me to clean toilets, I'm okay with that. And I've done every one of those jobs. And you know what? Every one of those jobs serves somebody else other than me. When you clean a toilet, who are you serving? Someone else. Maybe yourself. <laughs> when you hand out bulletins at the door, who are you serving? People coming in. When you do this, it's all about other people. It's not about, what was about us was the cross, folks. It was the cross. And so we have to start recognizing the new you. We must not look back, but we must look forward and recognize who we are. So if we're going to discover our life, we must recognize if the enemy can get us to believe something about ourselves that's not scriptural, then we will be hesitant to trust God to move through our lives because we say to ourselves, how can God use someone like me? Right? That is spoken inside our heads every Sunday. It's all across America. God, does God make mistakes? Did God make you? Okay, so you're not a mistake. Okay, now we check. So seeing as you're not a mistake and God made you exactly the way he wanted you, why don't we find out why? Why don't we find out why? You know, we meet people and some people we think are weird, right? Oh, come on. Give me all those Baptist faces again. Here we go. And that... That Mark guy, he is so weird. <laughs> but that's the way God made me. He made me weird. So I, so I can connect with all the other weird people. I don't know what that says about you. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> but people are different, right? We're different. We're made different. We look different. Unless we're twins. But I'll tell you this. I've even watched twins. Some of them, you can tell them apart. They look different. God can use you. Well, I'm so shy. I can't talk to anybody. When the people are around, I just kind of get out of the way and I'm and I hide, and here they come, but I'm over here. And, you know, how could God use somebody like me? Because behind this, there's about 17 people standing back there who are doing the same thing, who get it, who understand that. He's going to use you with them. You thought you were hiding, and you were running to your calling. That's how God works. And then there's the people that are like, ah, how you doing? And you're like, oh yeah, God can use that guy. <laughs> but the shy people see that guy coming and where do they go? <laughs> right? But the people who are, 
are like just out there like, oh yeah, I like that guy. And they connect and they connect. God connects that way. We are who we are. And we have to embrace it and not run away from it. So God can absolutely use someone like you because he made you that way. If we're going to discover our life, we have to accept that we're free from sin. Accepting free from, oh, here we go. We must accept that we are free from sin, which can be difficult to believe because we still sometimes do it. Anytime we sin now, it's because we've accepted a lie as truth. That's the only reason we would sin now. Well, Eve, in the day you eat of it, you'll be like God. So if you do this, you're more like God. You'll have more knowledge. More knowledge is important, right? I'll tell you what. I would take somebody who knew one phrase out of this Bible and applied it to somebody who had it memorized and didn't apply a single thing all day long. I've met people who have so much knowledge and then I see their life and their life is it's vacant of application. Let's forget, I mean, and I think it's important. We need to study. The Bible tells us we're commanded to study to show yourself approved. It puts tools there for the enemy, for not for the enemy, for the Holy Spirit to use. We're absolutely commanded to do that. There's nothing wrong with studying. But if you're studying because you're in love with him and you want him to use it, that's different than just gaining head knowledge. And I love studying and I love doing that. And I love encouraging that. So please, if, if, if God is putting you on a pathway of going deeper and studying God's word, I'm not talking to you. What I am talking, who I am talking to are those who are self-righteous because of what they think they know. Our righteousness comes from him, not from what we know. The smartest people, there's going to be even people serving that don't make it because they don't know it. So deal with those things that are lies. Finally, to discover our life, we have to choose to accept God's word as truth and act on it even when we don't feel like it. You ever read the word of God and go, oh, shoot. <laughs> I can't be the only one. Oh, no. Now I've got to do that. <laughs> and then, lo and behold, somebody comes along your path that week, and it's the very thing you read. <laughs> when you choose to do it, even when you don't, when you, even when you don't feel like it, you'll see the power of God come alive in you. And you'll discover the life that he's talking about. You'll discover it. It's not found in all those other things. <laughs> there was a time in the presidency of Abraham Lincoln that he was meeting with General McClellan. And I'm going to tell you, this is a trick question. So be ready. Here's a, turn your minds on 
And he asked him, he said, if this horse, how many legs does this horse have if we call the tail a leg? Think about your answer for just a moment. How many legs does this horse have if we call the tail a leg? How many of you would answer five? How many of you would answer four? How many of you would answer not enough information because we don't have any legs the horse started with? <laughs> General McClellan said five. And Abraham Lincoln looked at him and he said, wrong. And he said, just calling the tail a leg doesn't make it one. We have to live in the truth, ladies and gentlemen. We have to live in the truth. And the enemy is very good at lying to us about other people, about ourselves, about our relationships, about what God's called us to, about his word. The first thing the enemy lied about was the word of God. It's rampant today. False teaching, false preaching out there. Trying to amp people up so they can make it for another week. Let me tell you something. Your relationship with Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit should amp you up from the moment your eyes open in the morning. Now, do we encourage each other in the love and good works? Yes, we do. But we rely on Him and Him expressed through one another. So we have to avoid these false definitions of who we are and what we're here to do. They're going to lead us into false assertions upon which we make life decisions. We must walk in truth and only in truth. When we do, we will live the life that Jesus died to give us. The question is for us that I have to ask myself that God has been spanking me on this week <laughs> is am I living in truth? Am I living what God's called me to do? I'm in it with you. We're in this together, ladies and gentlemen. We've allowed things to stand between us and what God wants to do. Why would we do that? I've done it. It made sense to me then. It makes no sense to me now. That's how God works in our lives. Thank you for those that God used this week to challenge me. Are you willing to lay it down? To lay down the opportunity to be respected. The opportunity to be worshipped, if you will. Are you willing to lay it down? Are you willing to lay down the idea of having a retirement all socked away one day? If God calls you to it. Ooh. Are you willing? What did Jesus not lay down for you would be my question. Let's lay it down, folks. It's time. I'm going to say everybody bow their head and close their eyes.